Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about self-assembly furniture. Now, that might sound a rather banal subject, but it's actually an important one in terms of psychology, especially when it comes to our sense of self-worth and, it turns out, romance. Here at South Mims, we have the world's very first self-assembly furniture studies department, and it's run by Professor Kasper Milhausen. He's on the line from Uppsala, Sweden. Uh, Kasper, uh, how are things in Uppsala? Oh, hello, hello. They're very good indeed. And how are things in South Mims? Well, it's a little rainy as usual. Ah, it's bright but cold here. Now, Professor Milhausen... Call me Caspi. Everyone calls me Caspi. OK, Caspi. What sparked your interest in self-assembly furniture? Well, I was born in Sweden. (laughs) That's probably reason enough. Well, you you don't sound particularly Swedish. I'm half Swedish. My mother was Swedish. My father was English, but from German parents. He happened to be working in Ikea in the early 60s when I was born. And then he came to England to set up his own furniture company. Ah, so was he responsible for Ikea's invasion of the UK? Well, no. In fact, he opposed it. He was of the opinion that furniture making was a craft, which was being corrupted by Ikea's innovative self-assembly approach. He rebelled against it, came to Hertfordshire and set up his own furniture factory to make finely crafted pieces which owners could be proud of. Well, how did he do? Uh, He went bankrupt in two years and threw himself in front of a train at Brookman's Park in 1978. Oh, oh, I am sorry to hear that. My mother told him self-assembly furniture, in fact, self-assembly anything and everything was the future. But he didn't believe it. So, um... Your interest in self-assembly furniture now is, um, well, is it an attempt to try and understand his tragic life? No, 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 no. (laughs) You're trying to be far too psychological about it. And if you'll forgive me saying so, falling into cliché. My interest is both practical and academic. You see, what my father missed was the very human need to work at something and achieve a result we can be proud of, to make a thing and then have people admire it, and our skill and perseverance in putting it together. What, so self-assembly furniture is something to be proud of? Yes, it is, so long as you put it together properly. You can be, and should, be immensely proud of it. But, um, but it's just MDF and a few screws and, and a nail or two. I mean... It it is, on the whole, cheap furniture that's, well, pretty bland. Oh, it's lucky IKEA aren't sponsoring this podcast. Uh, We don't accept sponsors at South Mims. Uh, That's because no one has ever offered to sponsor this podcast. Well, well, that's another subject, Caspi, and and it's strictly, it's not strictly true, actually. Oh, you've had some sponsorship offers then? Well, yes, uh, from a local sex toy manufacturer. But we refused. (laughs) Mm, Yes, I can see why. Anyway, the point I'm making is that there is a lot of psychological research on what's been called the IKEA effect. The IKEA effect? There's an actual psychological phenomenon called the IKEA effect. 
I wouldn't say that it's in the textbooks just yet, but a very important article from 2011 by Norton, Mochon and Arely set out a very reasoned argument based on clever experiments to show that putting together self-assembly furniture, and they used a product from IKEA, revealed and confirmed deep human needs, which, frankly, we all know are there, but seldom articulate fully. Okay. uh, Now, well, before we get into that research, you asked us to go and interview a woman called Daisy Meldrin, who was one of the first people to sign up to an experimental dating app you created two years ago here at South Mims. Oh, yes. Oh, Daisy. Such a lovely girl. Do you know, it was a casual remark she made to my wife that gave me the idea. You see, we've been talking about the rise in self-made products and how people were selling things they'd made themselves online, on sites like Etsy. Oh, indeed, Etsy. That's a site where people sell craft items that uh, often they've made themselves, isn't that right? Yes, it's a commercial site, but it shows that most of us like to make things for ourselves. We always have. We are a species that's always making things. We are, after all, homo faber, man that makes or works, depending on how you translate the Latin word faber. But when you buy an IKEA product, you're not making it, are you? You are making it. Well, no, you're, you're putting it together. You're assembling it. That's, that's different to making it. Oh, well, from scratch, yes. But in your mind, in your mind, you're making it. You feel proud that you put it together and it looks good, it's solid, it serves its purpose, it adds to your home. You made it. OK, I know you'll explain just how you come to that conclusion, but first, let's hear part of the interview I did with Daisy Meldrin. Oh, please, yes. Here it is. You see those bookcases? Robin put them together for me. He was so methodical, so calm, so so sweet about when the screwdriver slipped and he bled all over the carpet. And I know that bookcase, the one by the window, leans a little, but for me that's simply perfect. It's Robin, the Robin I love. It was when he said, Daisy, I'm really sorry, but I've got the two sections mixed up and that bookcase is a bit wonky. Well, I fell for him right there and then. Just thinking about it makes me smile and makes me want to cry at the same time. It's true love. Self-assembly love. It, it really is. Well, she was very emotional and went on to say that uh, you helped her turn her life around. She's such a sweet girl, such a sweet girl. And I'm so happy she's found the love of her life. Her story was inspirational. You see, when you make something for someone, there's an immediate bond, a deep connection between the maker and the receiver, the giver and the recipient. Gift giving is such a fundamental part of human life that we overlook its importance. In fact, we cheapen it by giving too many gifts, mostly simply bought on a whim, and we often do it too often. In the past, a gift was something that was either saved up for over a long period of time or was carefully made for weeks, even months, sometimes years ahead. Well, that was before the rise of consumerism. Uh, Indeed, and consumerism has cheapened both the gift and the giving. It has also taken away the sense of pride and self-worth that we achieve when we make something. 
And because we don't make things anymore, then the human connection between the maker and the receiver is also lost. I believe that labor leads to love. Labor, the effort, skill and determination that goes into making something for someone or even for yourself makes us more human and strengthens the bonds between people. But why set up a dating agency? A self-assembly dating agency. Oh, well, explain what that is. We bring people together. Men and women, men and men, women and women. You get the point. Indeed. Uh, People looking for love. Yes, yes, yes. People looking for love. And we set them a self-assembly task. From Ikea? No, not just from Ikea. The effect uh, is known as the Ikea effect, but you don't have to buy something from Ikea. In fact, most furniture, that is other than really expensive items, is self-assembly. You can't escape it. But what we are describing as the Ikea effect is what happens when you make something or help someone fix something, and you do it together, or one person does it for the other. And by doing that, they, well, they make a connection. Yes, And they find out a lot more about each other than by merely going to a restaurant or a bar. So it's a a self-assembly date? Yes, you can put it that way. Well, OK, well, let's let's hear from Daisy again. When Casper suggested the idea, I was, well, very sceptical. I mean, a first date putting together my bookcases from Ikea, it didn't sound very romantic. I mean, usually you do the whole swapping photos, meeting up at a neutral venue with your pepper spray in your bag. You know, a bar first, then maybe a restaurant. But Casper was convinced I'd find true love via self-assembly furniture. So I said to myself, well, what the hell? The last man I'd met online turned out to be a QAnon conspiracy person with an unhealthy interest in Nazi memorabilia. So I said to myself, well, what the hell, I need the bookcases put up. I didn't want to do it myself. So Robin came round and it worked. Uh, Oh, that's Robin in the bedroom. He's attaching mirrors to the ceiling. Robin and I have become um, quite adventurous over the past few months. Oh, oh dear. Robin, it was clear, had not got any better at DIY. Indeed, but they are deeply in love. And Daisy was just the first. We have many incredible happy couples out there with admittedly varying in outcomes when it comes to their furniture, but they are in healthy relationships. I'll take your word for it. So you'd better explain the IKEA effect in detail. Let's go back. I'll start in the 1950s with cake mix. Cake mix? Yes, cakes, furniture, all can be brought ready-assembled, ready-made, or they can be assembled at home. OK, well, I'm not seeing the connection. Well, when the first cake mixes were put on the market, the housewife, and in those days it was usually a housewife, just had to add some water and put the mix into the oven. But sales were disappointing. The marketing people had believed that the ability to make a cake without doing any work would catch on amongst busy housewives, especially at a time when they were starting to enter the workforce. But there was resistance. Ah, right. Let me guess. 
it was too easy? Exactly. So the cake mix manufacturers did something simple. They said, add an egg. Just add an egg? Just an egg. And it worked. The mere action of taking an egg, cracking it, adding it to the mix and stirring it through and then putting it in the oven cracked the market wide open, if you'll forgive the pun. Right. Well, I, I do see, yes. Now, adding that egg is what made the cake personal. The housewife could say, I made that cake without feeling guilty that in truth she had not made that cake. But all she did was add an egg. But it was a significant action. The cake would not work without the egg. So adding it was the important element which made the cake a cake. It made the housewife feel important then. It made her feel especially important. And the same is true of furniture. It's all about a sense of self-worth. What psychologists call effectance. That's a fundamental human need. Define effectance for us, Caspi. OK. It's the ability to successfully produce a desired outcome in your environment, to complete a goal, to accomplish something, and by doing so, affecting and controlling objects. I mean, what you're saying is that we feel good when we achieve something, make something, and get something done. Exactly. It's important we get it done successfully. And it includes a bookcase that leans, like in Daisy and Robin's case. Well, I don't understand that. But didn't Daisy explain it to you? Right. Yes, 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 she did. Well, here she is again. Robin said to me, he was so sweet, he looked like a little boy, his hand in a bandage and a bump on his head, poor lamb. And he said, we set out to get those bookcases assembled, and we did. And even though one of them is a bit wonky, we did it. And that's what counts. And you know, he was right. Um, I'd just better go and check on him. Research has shown that setting yourself a task and then completing it is important for our self-esteem. It actually doesn't matter how professional the outcome looks. It's getting it done that counts. When people don't complete tasks they say they want to undertake, then they have a dip in self-worth and even get depressed. Well, I know that feeling. You say you want to paint the spare bedroom and then you never do, and it just gnaws at you. You, you feel useless. Exactly. Do you know, I'd paint that bedroom if I were you. I will, I will. Are you still single? Um, yes. I know a nice young lady who could help you get two coats done in a single afternoon. Oh, um, really? Yes, sign up for the dating app and I'll make it happen. Right, OK. <clears throat> right, well, we'd better get this podcast finished first. <laughs> Indeed. An unfinished podcast would be bad for our self-esteem. So that's the uh, psychological angle. Well, actually, it's a little bit more complicated. OK. What companies like IKEA discovered, almost by accident, was by selling the furniture as incomplete, they were enabling customers to add a very personal sense of ownership to the product, which, on its own, was amazingly bland. And forgive me, IKEA not made of very good materials. Well, I was going to bring that up. What we're talking about here are, are pieces of furniture with very little character. Uh, they're made of cheap materials and, well, 
they're not even put together when you buy them. So the manufacturer saves on the labour needed to manufacture the completed product and outsources it to the consumer. Yes, yes, that all makes sense. In a marketing sense, or even a political one, many critics say that it's exploiting the consumer while generating huge corporate profits. But that misses the point. The point being our need to make things? And the self-worth we get from it. What's rewarding is the effort we put into it. What's interesting is that when you ask people to list pleasurable activities, their job and work in general comes way down the list. But when you ask them, when they feel a deep sense of achievement, they'll immediately cite a job well done, which could be their actual job or a job like painting that spare room or putting together a bookcase or two from Ikea. Well, that's fascinating. It is, isn't it? Fascinating and surprising. What we're doing with the self-assembly dating agency is to offer different levels of complex tasks based on your skills and needs. In fact, I've just met a wonderful woman myself, hence my being in Uppsala. Oh, and what are you self-assembling? A satellite. A satellite? Yes, a communications satellite. Ingrid is an ex-NASA engineer. We fell in love over a thruster rocket assembly. Sounds very romantic. It was amazingly romantic. You should try it. Right. Um, so, the success of IKEA is entirely human. Entirely human. In the sense that they found a way for people to add a sense of personal value and investment in very mundane objects. So long as they get it right. Yes, although, as Robin and Daisy prove, even not getting it right can lead to true love. What's happening, I guess, is that by working with the IKEA instructions and elements, you add personal value to the product you make. Value, yes. It's a way for the manufacturer to enable the consumer to add value to the product. That deepens the connection between the consumer and the brand, actually. That sounds like something our business school should study. Ah, uh, didn't it go out of business last week? Did it? Oh dear. Yes, yes, they, they're thinking of starting a new course in the art of bankruptcy. OK, well that sounds logical. What's also interesting from a business point of view is that when you offer consumers the chance to customise a mass-produced product, they'll pay more for the pleasure of doing it. Think of Build-A-Bear where kids can choose different elements to make their own bear. And all those T-shirt sites online where you can add your own designs or colours, they charge a premium. It's a good business model. Just as your dating agency is. It's taking off, just as our satellite will very soon. Well, I look forward to that. <laughs> well, thank you, Caspian, and thank you very much for an insight into how IKEA self-assembly furniture can lead to romance. Get it together, dear boy, and you can find love. I will. Thank you. And, and thank you, dear listener, for being with us. If there's something you know you need to do around the house, then do it. And better still, do it with someone else, and you never know what might happen. Let's leave the last word to Daisy. It was so sweet when Robin said he put up a weather vane on the roof. He chose one that meant a lot to both of us. Old Father Time, look into the future. He's up on the roof now.
Oh, 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 oh. oh.